I'm Professor Neil Feinstein, and this is Conversations with the Creators, sponsored by St. John's Master's Program in Integrated Advertising Communications. Ideas thrive here. Today, we're exploring how people travel in 2023. We all know the pandemic changed everything. Subways and trains were empty. We all saw the videos of airline passengers being ejected from a flight because they refused to wear a mask. The impact on cruise lines was devastating, but we're back. France and Italy were mobbed this past summer, and profitable business travel is roaring back. Today, I'm speaking with travel expert Marissa Miller, a buddy of mine who was hired way back by JetBlue to build their app and became the head of digital and customer products. A big job. However, she was recently lured to Mint House to be the chief product officer. So who better to walk us through this transformation? Hi, Marissa. How are you? Hi, Neil. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. So tell us, well, you actually didn't start in travel. You started in e-commerce. So walk us through how you got from e-commerce into travel to being a chief product officer. Yeah, that's correct. So I originally started in retail, more on the traditional retail side. And then the e-commerce was taking off and I really fell in love with e-commerce. I loved that it was a combination of art and science and all of the things that you can do with design and imagery and copy, which I still believe are critically important and making those changes in order to see how what the impact was on customer behavior. So that became a, a huge passion of mine and, and really launched my career into e-commerce and digital, which is where I've stayed the whole time. I really consider myself more industry agnostic, but I did specialize in, in travel quite a bit over the last decade or so. And then you were at JetBlue when JetBlue was blowing up and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. So talk about that. What happened there? Yeah, it was definitely a really challenging time for us. You know, we went from having packed planes and, you know, really great business to all of a sudden having the planes empty, but still needing to run because, you know, people still needed to fly, even if there were very few people on the plane. And unfortunately for an airline, that's just so difficult because your biggest expense is your fuel. And without the revenue coming in to, to offset that, you know, us and, and every other airline, we're, we're losing so much money. So I spent the, the very first part of the pandemic on the phone with all my business partners and vendors trying to figure out any possible way to save costs, really to make sure that we saved the airline because we were you know, under threat of, of possibly not being able to stay in business. So um, it was incredibly challenging, but, but thankfully between you know, all of the efforts of the team and then ultimately the CARES Act coming through, you know, we were able to sustain ourselves um, you know, during that really difficult time. And then we did expect that the airline would remain smaller for, for a really long time. And that's what all the plans had indicated. However, that's really not what happened. You know, as everyone knows, travel just came roaring back. I think that really speaks to the the need for travel and the power of connection and, and why travel is just so important to everybody. And 
In fact, I think many of us took that for granted and and probably don't anymore because uh, when we weren't able to, I you know, I know myself, I personally really missed it. And you missed being able to see certain people that yes. you had to travel to. So, um, yeah, it, it absolutely changed things and, you know, really took off in a way that I don't think many people expected once the pandemic started to wind down. You can't hug somebody over Zoom, can you? Absolutely. I wish you could. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower just doesn't look as good unless you're right. standing underneath it. That's so, true. so, so it changed airlines, but airlines seem to bounce back. But the hotel industry and the, the hospitality industry really changed. Um, I know that Airbnb over the pandemic and VRBO did really well. I guess it was because people felt more comfortable walking into a private Airbnb than a hotel. Um, yeah, absolutely. And- I mean, it we, it definitely changed things. And, and I think that Minhouse was very well positioned because we are a flexible living company and um, all of our all of our properties have um, more apartment style um, accommodations. And so we can really serve that need for people who are looking for something more than just the standard cookie cutter hotel room that's like a small box that you need to squeeze everybody in. So um, I do think that people really enjoyed feeling like they were, you know, with the comforts of home, but also having all the services and amenities that something like a hotel could provide. So when did when did Midhouse start? We actually started in 2017. Um, oh, okay. Our founder, Will, yeah, our founder Will Lucas was looking for something different when he was traveling all the time, and um, it was his great vision that brought it to life. And uh, there are also some similar companies that started around the same time, but we were we were really, I think, partially, you know, because we were just so well positioned, but also just had such a great team that. We were able to capitalize on that when some of our similar competitors went out of business during the pandemic and allowed us to to obtain other properties that we may not have previously, including our flagship at 70 Pine in Manhattan. Really incredible building, old Art Deco building, beautiful with, you know, two Michelin star restaurants on site. Uh, just a spectacular team, spectacular amenities. uh, And the rooms are terrific. Just you'll get three times the space of a, a regular hotel room in Manhattan for, you know, a, a competitive price. So, so much more value than you would get anywhere else. So that is really our sweet spot. Um, and, you know, I do think that coming out of the pandemic, we have been able to, to, you know, really be in the right place for those changing trends. So you told me why I should stay at a Mint House um, property. Tell me who stays at the Mint House? Who are who is your yeah. core customer? You know, it's very interesting. I mean, our core customer is really someone who's looking for a short-term stay that is different than a hotel and not locking them into a long-term lease of an apartment. And that could be for a variety of needs. In fact, we have an incredible story where someone um, had to have a heart transplant at a hospital near Nashville and needed a place to stay while while this person was recovering. And so they were with us for six weeks. Wow. Uh, we also have, yeah, I mean, really amazing, but, you know, wrote really wonderful review for the staff there and how they were taken care of, which is, you know, obviously so terrific to see. And, um, you know, we see all kinds of reasons people who are there for the traditional hotel reasons people would be there like 
if they're there to visit family or, um, you know, regular tourist things or having a bachelorette party or something like that. But we also see people that just have a, a need for short-term living, whether maybe their apartment is undergoing renovations and they need short-term housing uh, or they want to downsize uh, a larger home and, and, you know, not ready to buy something or, or just really between, between places. Um, so a whole variety of reasons that we can serve, but um, the ultimate reason is just someone who's looking for, you know, really wonderful, flexible living accommodations that, you know, provide all those comforts of home, but with all the safety, security, duty of care that a, a hotel would provide. So is this is this uh, symptomatic or emblematic of the changes that are going on in the hotel industry? Uh, it's really interesting because I do think because of Airbnb, um, it's really created this market where people are disappointed with the traditional hotel experience. You know, Airbnb has created a world where people want these amazing properties that, you know, have have, you know, the ability for them to cook so they don't have to eat, you know, the $20, you know, breakfast at the hotel or, or mm. something like that. They can, they could cook their own meal. I've talked to um, someone that we were working with who has allergies and just really uncomfortable with eating out all the time because of it. And so they were thrilled with the ability to just prepare their own food or, you know, families traveling with children. I mean, I do have a child myself and I know now that I love staying at Minhouse or, or places just like that because it gives me an ability to have that space where if you have a child that goes to sleep at a different time, you don't have to be quiet the whole night in the hotel room where, you know, you're going to disturb them. So there's so many reasons why I think that the needs have changed. And, and even the large traditional hotels are now looking to create brands that are somewhat similar to us. However, I still think that we're really the only upscale, flexible, extended stay brand out there. Um, there are many more in the, the mid-market yeah. level, um, you know, some that, you know, you've probably heard of, but, you know, they're sort of becoming more outdated at this point. And so people are looking for something that is a little nicer that, you know, especially in an Instagram world where everything is photographed and, you know, people want to show off their space. We get so much great organic content from, from our guests that stay with us that want to show this video of what their suite looks like in Manhattan and, you know, and, and all the great locations that we have. And um, that's also a really, a really important need for customers at this point. I think it's interesting that you define your customers in terms of their psychographic. Do you see any generational differences in your customer or would you cater to a 20 something year old as well as a 60 something year old? Yeah, I think we're probably more, um, I would say, millennial to, to Gen X um, at this point. You know, not that um, we, we wouldn't accommodate someone who is, um, you know, an, a younger generation, or older generation. Uh, but I think that's really our sweet spot, at least um, of, of who tends to use Mint House, um, because, you know, um, the younger uh, generation, I think they would absolutely love it. I think we're purpose built for that, but they don't often have that money yet to, to be able to spend. Uh, because, you know, as I mentioned, we're not we're not low market um so it's it is a competitive price but it, it's going to be you know comparable probably to more of a you know four-star hotel 
hell. Um, so I think definitely millennials, absolutely, you know, more used to that remote um, work life where you may go for a business trip, but then work remotely for a few days and tag along on that. Or you may stay, you know, or bring your family after, you know, after a couple of days of work, if you're in a location. So um, I think that that's, that's, more of our sweet spot. But like I said earlier, because we serve, you know, so many different needs, I, I think that it certainly doesn't limit us to, to any particular demographic. Uh, so how have you reconfigured your customer experience technologically? Because this you're talking about people who are showing up with their phones, with their laptops, with their tablets, their using all their devices. They're not using the television that's hanging in the room anymore, are they? Or the <laughs> phone that's in the room and the phone that's in the room. What, what, you know, from, from, from the moment they make the reservation till the moment they go home and receive that email saying, how did we do? What are the technological um, decisions you've made that would enhance the Mindau's experience? Yeah, so that was really thought through right from the beginning to be a mobile first brand, really. Um, so using the, the the mobile app as your digital key, where a lot of hotels are now retrofitting to that. So you'll have a very inconsistent experience and some allow it, some don't, um, some have it, some don't, even among the same brand that from properties, we do have that that mobile access at all of our properties, which is is really terrific. So um, you don't need those plastic key cards. It saves, you know, more beneficial for the environment that way as well. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really great experience to be able to use your app at, in addition, not just for your room, but to access common spaces, because in some places you need to get into an elevator have a gym you need to access um is some of our our um spaces are in multifamily buildings where you may have residents on, on one part of the building and you know your your short term uh, rentals on the other side and so we do need to control that access point uh to make sure that you know everything is safe and secure and everyone's using the the amenities you know in the right way uh so that's really really an easy easy thing for customers to use and then we do have everything from the mobile booking to the mobile confirmation and and really everything is centered around that app that's not to say that there aren't other ways that you can access mint house if you don't have any of those things we still do provide that access of course but uh we the best experience is going to be if you're using your mobile device for everything so I can check in without without ever having to interact with a person. I can get into my room without ever interacting absolutely. with a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And so, so um, yeah, absolutely. Some of our properties actually don't have staff physically right there all the time. Um, we uh -huh. always have people available to help at any time. So that's, sure. you know, certainly 24 seven uh, help, but, you know, but, uh, and some of our properties, probably more than half of our properties are staffed with, you know, full-time um, hospitality staff at a front desk or similar, right. but even for the ones that, do, that don't, you can access your, your space more similar in that way to an Airbnb where um, you don't need to ever check in with anybody or see anybody. Uh, but we are always there to help just in case anyone runs it to an issue. Wow, that's that's amazing. Can uh, do you have do you have room service or are they calling um, Grubhub to have their food delivered? Yeah, we, what they yes, want? we we 
We do not at this time have any food and beverage. And so we do, you know, you can use your regular delivery uh, apps. We do have some local partnerships in, in some of our places um, where you can, you know, get some service from from the um, from a local provider that's been curated by us. And we hope to do more more of that because that actually is, you know, a really great way of of being local and curated to the community. Uh, so mm-hmm. whether it's a, a partnership with a coffee shop or you know mm-hmm. a local restaurant or you know sometimes um, like in our Divine Lorraine um, in Philadelphia we have wonderful wonderful restaurants on site. Seventy Pine does as well. Uh, so there's there's still many ways to get um, access to those things. But we also have a really great service called Stock Your Stay, where we will you can um, wow. order your groceries ahead of time to be stocked in the refrigerator, which is really terrific because that's one of the really you know competitive advantages I think of of what Minhouse has to offer is that we do have kitchens that you can cook in, uh, so you can stock up with all your favorites and then you can you know make your meal and you know just have everything there waiting for you before you arrive. Well, I think that's so important if you're staying for if you're there for a long stay. I mean, you simply can't eat out for every single meal and nor do you want to. You want you want to have your regular breakfast. You maybe you'll go out for dinner. Maybe maybe you want to just warm up leftovers that you brought home from the night before to have that there. Such a fantastic. Wow. It sounds like you've thought you've thought of everything. What is what is the one unique thing that I would never have guessed you thought of? Uh, well, I guess maybe one of the more unique things is that uh, we also have a shop your stay program. Um, oh, wow. It's, it's- Fairly limited, but it's a, a really great way of bringing retail and hospitality together. Uh, so we have a wonderful design team, and I say that as uh, the leader of the design team. So I'm also super proud of the team, uh, but really incredible design team that's really thinking through every aspect of uh, the interior guest experience from, you know, the the furnishings to the way the room is set up and, you know, all of the things that you would need in addition to obviously how that works with all the products and the technology side. Uh, But because they've really had their finger on the pulse of, you know, what's really trendy and and up and coming, but also really functional and usable, uh, working with really wonderful business partners um, who, you know, produce, manufacture these uh, furnishings. Then we also have a partnership where you can purchase some of the things that you like. So if you have a wonderful sleeping experience and you love the bed, you can actually purchase that mattress. And uh, so we do have some guests that that do that. Like I said, it's a pretty limited aspect, which is why it would surprise you that we have that. Um, but, you know, we do think that this is really a nice value add for our guests who who really love their experience and want to bring it home with them. Well, I think that's fascinating because if you think about it, Marissa, you started in e-commerce and here you are bringing e-commerce yeah. into your into your latest venture. Exactly. <laughs> I can't Tell take me. credit for actually bringing it because it started before I got there. But yes, an absolute uh, perfect fit there for sure. Certainly your experience, I'm sure, is is a huge benefit. There is just one more thing I want to explore about travelers today and about the, you know, the world we live in, the technology for humanity that's, you know, using technology to make all kinds of things possible for humanity. There are so many buzzwords out there. This words like sustainability and safety and mm-hmm. customer experience. What are the what are the what are the trends, the the very popular trends, inclusion, inclusivity? What are the ones that 
you're reacting to, Mint House is reacting to, and how are you reacting to it? Yeah, all of those things are important. And you certainly cannot, I think, not think through the aspect of all of them, but you also don't want to do it just in a performative way. And so like for something like sustainability, I mean, we do try to make it an, an inherent part of our design. So it's not even something that we have to think through and, and you know, figure out or retrofit afterwards. So things like how we have a, a partnership with a company called Public Goods for all of our bed amenities yeah. and making sure that we have really sustainable products and we work with sustainable furniture brands and, um, you know, make sure that we save on energy. And so we have uh, programmable thermostats and things like that from, from the get-go, you know, and I think that's really important. It's not something that we go around and really promote as part of our brand. It's it's just something that's there and should be there. And so, um, you know, and certainly for inclusivity, you know, making sure that, you know, during our hiring practices, we're being very inclusive and pushing the team and making sure that, you know, all those things are just naturally happening rather than being something that's, that's you know, we're having to force in. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned customer experience. I mean, for me personally, you know, that's such a, that's such a critical one because at the end of the day, if you don't have a wonderful customer experience, then yeah. your brand will never survive. And so, uh, you know, we have very strong MPS at our properties and um, we even think they could be higher. You know, we want to be a brand that, you know, we have such a good MPS that people really like us. They give us good reviews and they want to come back and that's already happening. But I also want to be the brand that has an even higher MPS so that they're telling everyone about us and getting other people to try us out. Uh, so I think that those, those levers are things that we can pull and we're constantly focused on. And as we expand into many new markets, we're also making sure that the customer experience, you know, through the through all of the areas that that all of us touch, certainly the guest experience team um, that's providing the hospitality experience is the most critical to that. Uh, but but also how we could support behind the scenes through you know the the brand, the design, the technology, the product, all of that goes hand in hand to making sure that each guest and customer has a really, really wonderful experience with us. So I just want to be the professor and just explain that NPS stands for Net Promoter Score. And that, would you explain just very quickly, you're a professor too, explain very quickly how we get to Net Promoter Score. The the score is based on a survey that's sent to all of our guests. We do both a mid-stay survey and a post-stay survey. Um, JetBlue used to have MPS and, and does very similar as well, where, where everyone who flies with JetBlue gets a survey. Um, and you have a certain number of responses that come from those surveys. But, you know, assuming you get a certain number, it's statistically reliable, uh, st statistically significant, as I remember learning from my wonderful stats class. Um, and <laughs> <Yes>. so... <laughs> <laughs> and so you use you use that score, but but it can be a predictive score. That's the most important thing is that the higher the score, the more predictive your your incoming revenue should be. Um, when it's lower, typically you're going to see future revenue be lower. And so, you know, it, sometimes it's harder to draw that direct line between things. And, you know, it's important to really analyze all, all the reasons that make up that MPS score, not just the score itself, um, in order to figure out how you can really influence and, and make the customer experience better. Thank you. That was a great tutorial for the students and for me as well. <laughs>
Um, one last question, since we're talking about our students, uh, we always end all our podcasts with this question. Uh, I mean, you've been tremendously successful and had uh, have and had and have a tremendous career. What is the most important piece of advice that you have that you want to share with my students? That's a great question. Um, you know, and I would say that I can't attribute my success just to myself. Certainly, I had incredible teachers and I had wonderful mentors and bosses, and all of those things are very important. But from a, a personal perspective, I think the most important is to always be learning. Um, and, you know, that's so critical because things change often. And as much as I learned back in when I got my master's degree at NYU, you know, and, and the principles still apply, the basics still apply, but so much has changed in the world, you know, even over the last couple of years. So you always have to be learning about what, what's going on, what the next things are, what's coming, obviously so much buzz around AI and, and all of that, mm. but it's important because the world is going to change. And what I used to say to some of my students is that, Whatever job you think you want, um, a job may be created in the future that doesn't even exist today that you'll be perfect for. And even in the short years when I graduated from school and then e-commerce took off, like I didn't go to school learning about e-commerce because it basically didn't exist <laughs> at short right. time frame. And so I didn't realize that that would be the perfect job and career for me. So to be open-minded about what's what's coming, but truthfully, just always be learning. Um, you know, I say this as both a former student of, you know, undergrad, graduate, and a professor. So obviously important uh, to have that. But I think that is just so critical, even when you're completely done with your traditional education, to, to always be learning about what's coming next. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was so everything you said was so fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing with my students. And uh, and thank you. <laughs> thank you, Neil. It was so terrific to be here and best of luck to everyone. This has been Conversations with the Creators, sponsored by St. John's Master's Program in Integrated Advertising Communications. Thanks to all our guests, my colleagues, Professor Audrey Siegel Mavora, Kevin James, Christine Munk, and our producer, Miriam Prever. Keep on ideating.